Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Along Came Polly. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware there might be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Yeah, that's enough of that. That's beautiful. What a start to the year. You know what? You know what TF is going on, as the kids say. <laughs> um, Cats 2019 is on YouTube, so this episode we're um, revisiting it because it's been two weeks, two years even, two whole years since we did the episode about Cats 2019. It's, yeah. It, it's, uh, is that what we're going to do next? Are we going to do some Cats next? Oh, isn't that what we're doing now? No, we're doing <laughs> Long Came Polly now. Yeah, Polly's the name of the cat, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. What was the cat called? Wet Milk? Well, the main cat who's not in the original that they had to make up yeah. to make a film actually yeah. of it actually makes sense. The Vanilla the vanilla Cat. The Vanilla Cat, yeah, that was her name, Vanilla. What was her name? She did have a name. Um, that was Victoria. Victoria, that's yeah, right. Yeah, see, all the others are called stuff like... Skimble Blumps and Crumble Binks and Mr. Mistopheles, and then there's just Victoria. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel bad for um, Francesca Hayward, who played Victoria in that movie, because she's clearly a very talented dancer yeah. and performer in general. And you just kind of think, come on, you, she deserves a, a better movie than Cats 2019 to show off her, her talents. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it's, she comes across well, and I, I wish her well in her career. I'm sure that if she wants to do more acting, there's going to be better stuff out there that she can do. I, I really hope so. I really do. Um, but we, sh- we should revisit Cats at some point. Yeah, I, maybe for episode 250. That's coming up. That's the next big milestone, isn't it? That would be that would be good. Yeah. Although good. I've had it in my mind that we we're going to do, um, we're going to revisit the bridges of Madison County because that was episode twenty-five, if I remember rightly. So it's ten times twenty-five is two fifty. Mm, that's quite a good. That's quite a good plan. So I guess we need to watch it ten times. We, <laughs> yeah, we watch it ten times and then we do an episode on it. In this, all what, in the same day. Is what's that possible? Uh, how long is yeah. the bridges of Madison County? It's got to be about two hours. There's 24 hours in a day. Yeah, you can fit it in with four hours for breaks. <laughs> no sleep. No, no sleep at all. Let me check. How long is... Every time you try and sleep, Clint Eastwood appears and he's crying in the rain. It's two hours and 15 minutes long, Bridges of Madison Ooh. County. Okay. It's, that's going to be pushing it. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. I guess we'll have to just watch it once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably the best the best choice. Um, we we could fit it in ten times in a day. We'd have an hour and a half left over, I think. Okay. If my maths is correct, we'd have an hour and a half <laughs> left over for breaks throughout the day. So you could either have that in kind of one break, or you could do nine minutes between each viewing. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you do three watches back to back, and then you have a half hour break. Mm, yeah, that sounds that sounds better. Yeah, maybe you do that. That might that might be better better placed cool well i can't i can't wait for that but um happy new year <laughs> happy new year it's a new year it's our first episode of 2022 and we have to apologize first off that we um we didn't have an episode last week we skipped the last of our planned christmas films because we couldn't really make it work with our our extremely busy holiday schedules and stuff so if you want to find out what we thought of last christmas you're gonna have to do it next you have to wait until Chris- December this year. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. at least it's this year. We'll we'll make sure we cover it this year. Yeah, I, yeah, gotta do that. But um, which is which is good news for my wife because she didn't like it, and then she was annoyed because we watched it last year, and then she was annoyed we had to watch it this year, and now I'm going to have to watch it again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's fun. That's fun for you. Yeah. 
But you haven't seen it, have you? No, you no, no. You, I, you never got around to watching I, it. When, when we couldn't make the scheduling work, I didn't watch it then because I want to go in fresh. Good. So next next year will be my first exciting foray into Last Christmas. You want to go in certified fresh, which is what you're required <laughs> to call all all films. Yeah, I I refuse to watch a movie unless it is certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I I need that binary of fresh or rotten, and I yep. need there to be a a definite, definite, definite good or bad binary on everything I do. Yeah, but at the same time, we've got to remember the quote from our great, the greatest philosopher of our of our time, Drill. Which is that there's no the wise man bows bowed his head and said there's no difference between good and bad things, you idiot, you fucking imbecile. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, if there's anything we can learn from life is that uh, the the grey area in between good and bad is always best. <laughs> yep. Um, Keeping it grey. That's our motto. <laughs> Keep it grey. By which big, I mean Christian grey. Am I big right? Boys, big boys do grey. <laughs> Big boys, big boys love grey. <laughs> so anyway, right. Um, we thought we'd get back to the basics in 2022. We get back on track. None of this meandering, and we're going to talk about an actual romantic comedy. None of this meandering. None of this meowing. Just a straight up romantic comedy. <laughs> it's a straight up rom com. Um, the meats and, so- and the potatoes of what we do. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's been nearly 18 years since this film came out. To the it's day. It's been. <laughs> it, it released. Uh, the, the movie we're talking about is A Long Came Polly, which I believe released on January the 16th, 2004. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Um, is this a movie that you knew? I knew of it, but I had never seen it before. It was one of those ones, I think, in 2004, we would have been... 15 going on 16, and I think, well, I don't know about you, but I would have been too cool for, for seeing this kind of film at the cinema. I'd have been like, yeah, oh, I'm going to go and see that girly film. You were too busy watching Pirates of the Caribbean 5 or 4. Or oh, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. I think at that point, surely, we were only on the second one, even. 2004. I don't, I don't Not know. Not that I they... remotely care. <laughs> <laughs> This is, because it's a franchise the, based on a Disneyland ride. Welcome, welcome to the Paddy doesn't care about <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean cast. Paddy doesn't care about Johnny Depp doing his Keith Richards impression. There you go. That's a throwback <laughs> to the episode on Eurotrip, which also that, came out in 2004, right? Uh, that was 2004 as well, I think. Yeah. So yeah, at this at this time I was watching Eurotrip instead of this. Anything that looked like it might have actual romance in it, no. I, what you want when you're 15 going on 16 is a stupid sex comedy where a kid ends up pretending to be the Pope. <laughs> Alternatively, the, the best movie of 2004, this is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that came out in 2004, so we're going to have to roll with it. Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004. Oh, with uh, Tobey Maguire? With Tobey Maguire, which is a romantic movie. That's not the one with the dance scene, is it? No, that's Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 2 is Dr. Octopus. That's right. Um, Alfred Molina has metal arms. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was him. I love love Spider-Man 2. I think it's possibly the best superhero movie. Yeah, we're gonna get a. Just, we're gonna do a special on on the Tobey Maguire. We ones, we really we? should because there's all sorts of romance in those, and it feels really genuine, and I I love them. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, there, there's the, the that that was you know obviously the pinnacle of of cinema in 2004. Um, you also had the butterfly effect. I've never seen that. Have you not? Well, we no, should watch, I know. We should watch that at some point. That's got that's got. I think I walked into a room at school where people were watching it on a VCD and then the laptop immediately crashed and it was somehow my (laughs) fault. (laughs) It's strangely fitting with the plot of Butterfly Effect, actually. uh, Well, yeah. We'll talk about that at some point when uh, when we talk about it. Also released, um, horrifying CGI nightmare, The Polar Express. Oh, geez. Um, Harry Potter and The Prisoner of Azkaban was released in 2004. Mean Girls was released in 2004. Oh, wow. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was 2004. Notebook was 2004 as well. Oh, right. 
Um, so you know, you've got all of these these movies from two thousand and four. Um, not Anchorman. not a bad year for for romance. Then. No, you've got Anchorman, you've got Shrek two, you've got Dodgeball, um, you've got you've Kill got- Bill Volume two, <laughs> and The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> You got Jackie Chan's Around the World in Eighty Days. <laughs> You've got The Day After Tomorrow. Um, but obviously, the highlight of the year was Along Came Polly, starring yeah. Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller. So, what a year for Ben Stiller, right? Along Came Polly, Dodgeball, and also Meet the Fockers as well. Oh wow, that is that is impressive. Actually, that's a that's a, that's a good roster for one year. He's the hardest working man in ridiculous comedies <laughs> that were very much of their time. Yes. Although what I would say is that Along Came Polly, it feels naughty for 2004, but incredibly tame by today's standards. Yeah, my God. I think this film has has aged absolutely terribly. I mean, I didn't even <laughs> yes. see it at the time, and I can tell that it has aged horribly. Like, yeah. this feels, like, potentially worse than a, than a Sandler film of the time to me, probably. I mean, I, I don't know about that, but it's more boring to watch than a Sandler movie, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that, to me, is problem. somehow worse. It's um, boring, but there's also stuff about poo in it. Yeah. <laughs> It's also like really toilet obsessed, weirdly. Yeah, there's there's lots of toilet humour in this movie, but I, I, I wouldn't put it on the same level as, as an Adam Sandler film because well, it's not so... so to be fair to Sandler, two thousand and four, fifty first dates and Spanglish. I've not seen Spanglish, or I think I saw half of it on T V once. Fifty first dates we discussed has some problems, but I quite like is it. A, Those are two of his better a, films. It is a good movie, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. A good year for Sandler. Not that I'm trying to turn this into another Sandloon or a <laughs> Sandluary, as it was supposed to be originally. I, I don't think I can handle it watching any more Adam Sandler movies for at least fifteen more years. Um, and I'd say I'd say this is better than an you know this isn't this isn't as good as Fifty First Dates, but if you compare it to the worst of Adam Sandler, I think it's more competent than that. But it it does feel very boring in a kind of pre and post bridesmaids world almost um yeah if you get what i mean where where bridesmaids managed to combine the 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 vile toilet humor with sharp dialogue and sharp character relationships renaissance (laughs) exactly exactly whereas along came polly it just kind of fumbles around for a bit it has very light toilet humor that comes up multiple times and then it just kind of ends and it's much like its protagonist having irritable bowel syndrome it just sort of has a few minor flare-ups at points of poo humor doesn't it (laughs) yes yeah maybe that's deliberate um i don't know maybe maybe that was all it's all it's all musical it's a musical film uh, there's a rhythm to it it is a highly musical film isn't it (laughs) um by which i mean at one point philip seymour hoffman is starring in a production of jesus christ superstar and you get like about half of a song from jesus christ superstar in it which i'm sure they had to pay andrew lloyd webber lots of money for (laughs) that he then put towards trying to stop people from getting pensions or benefits but speaking of well yeah evil evil man but speaking of money (laughs) Budget forty two million. Box office one hundred and seventy eight million. Oh wow, that's that crazy is, money. That is, and that's very much the kind of two thousand and four. There was no Netflix. There was there wasn't anything else to do but go to the cinema and see. <laughs> yeah, thought, okay, I better go and watch this at the cinema. Um, but I would say there are some. Should, should we talk about the plot first, and then we yes. talk about the, the highs and lows? So Ben Stiller plays boring man. He is boring. Um, He's in insurance. Insurance is boring. Yeah, it's well boring, mate. And he works in an office and he does a boring job where he uses a computer. Boring. Yeah. Um, and he's he, not only is he boring, he's neurotic as well. And he gets literally cucked on his... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, he gets cucked on his honeymoon. Deborah Messing is his wife. Um, and she sleeps with their diving instructor, played by Hank Azaria. Yeah, who's um, a, a funny, a funny foreign man who talks in a funny foreign voice. <laughs> now, to be fair, he is French. That's fair game. To be fair, Hank Azaria is French. I didn't know he was French. 
<laughs> making fun of the French, much like making fun of the English, is fair game. Oh, good, yeah. Making making fun of the English. If he'd been in like a sort of a, a bowler hat and walking around, yeah, talking about good roast beef. Day, or good day, good sir. It. Would you like to join me on the royal roast beef scuba diving excursion? <laughs> I'd have been totally fine with it. Yeah, no. Uh, there's certain things which are absolutely fine to make fun of from stereotypes. Being English, being French, both fair game. I think if you come from a country which has held colonies, you can always make fun of them. You've got to take it. Yeah, if you're Belgian, we can make fun of the Belgians. If you're if you're English, you can make fun of the English. If you're French, make fun of the French. It's fine. The Belgians will send Tintin round to shoot you. <laughs> they will. Tintin, well known for murdering people. Yeah. And the Smurfs as well. Don't forget about the Smurfs. They're <laughs> yeah. going to come for you. Um <laughs> Anyway, right. So so Ben Stiller, the most boring man in New York, uh, then returns, hangs out with his friend, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then runs into Polly. And Polly's not like other girls. She's no. different, you see. And to make it feel real and somehow like we're supposed to relate to it or whatever, he knew her in high school at the Model UN and they keep talking about the Model UN. As if that's a thing that anyone cares about or can relate to, apart from a few Americans who were in Model UN. I, I went to Model UN once, and I Did got you? told off for making fun of it. Um, a lo- a <laughs> load you? of us went to I a Model UN. I thought this was UN... just a, like a cringe American high school thing. No, it happens in, the, UN. happens in the UK as well. And then I think it was for politics... Oh, you did. You studied politics. I, I, I can't that. remember if it was politics or history. We went along to a Model UN thing, and we got randomly allocated uh, countries to um, to to be the representatives for. Who'd you get? Who'd you get? <laughs> so I got Libya, <laughs> <laughs> um, which went Fantastic. about as which went about as well as you'd expect. So I stood up and said, "Hi, everyone. I'm from Libya." You gotta love our flag. It's green, um, and and then the, the the chair of the model UN said, "Would the representatives please refrain from acting in such a colloquial manner when giving their opening uh, reports?" Um, I then got uh, allocated um, to the whaling committee for part of the day, um, <laughs> which which you know, everyone knows about Libya, famous for its whales and its Libya, whaling industry. Libya, famous for its whaling. Um, and one of my friends was there who was representing Norway, someone else who we went with. Um, and so <laughs> I, I backed Norway on everything that he said about how we should increase whaling. Um, <laughs> and, and the people there taking it seriously got furious because they were like, Libya would never support Norway in such a way in the UN. This is outrageous. <laughs> and I was just like, mate, Norway, they know what's going on. You caused an outrage at Model UN. I, I, I did caused, not know this about you. I caused an outrage at Model UN. Um, yeah, that that is that is my one excursion into into Model UN territory, and it was hilarious. See, this um, this is the best thing about doing this show is that I've known you for a hundred years, but I'm still finding out things about you. <laughs> yes, um, but obviously, whilst I was there, I I caught the eye of a, of, a, of a, a fellow teen who was in Model UN, and then I knew that that twenty years later we'd we'd meet and then. We have literally nothing in common and nothing to talk about um, and no charisma and no connection whatsoever, no no frisson, no bubble. We'd then end up together, which is what happens in, in this movie where there is zero chemistry between yeah. Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. So you felt sorry all. for you because you pooped your pants or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, on Netflix, the, the labelling of it said opposites attract as if that's like a genre. But yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a subgenre of a rom com. The opposites attract. Yeah, yeah, but this or, or is maybe kind of the trope. worst example. Yeah, it's a Ma- trope, isn't it? This yeah. is kind of the worst example of that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and and I don't think I'm out of line in saying that there is zero chemistry between between Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. No, it's absolutely terrible. And the, yeah, they, well, finish the plot, and then I'll I'll say what I'm going to say about that. I guess. Well, that that's yeah. kind of the plot. Then it's there's kind of some, <laughs> yeah. then there's some poop jokes, and then Ben Stiller learns how to be less inane jennifer aniston learns how to find her keys and that's enough for them to 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 slowly fall in love but obviously then there's hurdles and oh the wife comes back and oh he did something on his computer to to assess who he should be with like that's a normal thing people do um there's poo and and there's ferrets (laughs) and there's spanking what more could you want and then and then they they end up together that's the end so what i was going to say is that 
the the whole purpose of the film or kind of it's all about it's not even about their relationship it's about ben stiller learning to be less boring and to not be a nerd and jennifer aniston's character exists solely to provide that for him and her performance very much gives away the fact that she knows that because her performance i think in this film is terrible unfortunately i think she's good (laughs) generally but her performance in this is just really wooden and bland and just bleh well i think part of the issue is the material she's been given here is absolutely atrocious isn't it let's be honest yes and that's what i'm saying i'm saying i think that she knew it yeah yeah i i think that the the material on paper Polly Prince, the character played by Jennifer Aniston, should be the most interesting character in this movie. You find out that she's hopped from country to country, from place to place, living this intriguing life where she's never tied down by anything and learning about what she's done in that time and how that's impacted on, you know, how she operates and her perspective on life could be really, really interesting to develop and kind of, you know, a lot of these movies have this trope of a stuffy man being changed by a crazy fairy woman, the manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Um, and this could have fit nicely into that template. And then we could have just complained about it being a manic pixie dream girl movie instead yeah, of but being... she's too boring. <laughs> and she's too boring. You learn nothing about a character apart from she likes ethnic food. Mm. That's how it's described at every point in the movie. Anything that's not times. what burgers or roast beef. Pizza. They probably considered English food ethnic. So why didn't they have a thing about like laughing at some English people and then it would have uh, been uh, funny. Ben Stiller going, "Oh my god, what's a Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> oh, it's setting off my IBS. Better go poop." <laughs> um that 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 was a a, a deleted scene. Yeah. They drinks a pint of gravy. Yeah, exactly. Why are you sweating so much? It's like, oh, I always get like that when I drink a pint of gravy. Yeah. Um, that was disgusting, wasn't it? That bit where he's sitting at the table just like sweating and she says, you're sweating profusely. And it's like, yes, we co- we know the movie. <laughs> Don't need the characters to tell us what's happening. Uh, but that's the kind of thing where you could you could have that kind of chatty back and forth in a movie like Bridesmaids, couldn't you? And you could even literally have... Kristen Wiig saying the line you are sitting you are sweating profusely and if it was part of a kind of funny dialogue that was making fun of that fact and and building it in a good way it could work but this is a very labored film isn't yeah. it and so none of those moments work the, it's because the sort- at that point the characters have been telling the plot to each other for half an hour so you're just like <laughs> yeah I get it yeah exactly exactly um and so yeah it's 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 really it's disappointingly dated um, ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston have more chemistry together in that one episode of Friends where uh, he's he's Jennifer Aniston's date for for like one scene and he shoots in the duck. Have you not? He he seems I was like too he's... busy watching Ben Stiller's dad playing um, George Costanza's dad in Seinfeld. <laughs> um, yeah, he he. Um, there, there's an episode of Friends. It's after Ross and Rachel have split up, I think, um, and. Um, and Ben Stiller is this person who she's dating, and around everyone else, he seems like a really nice guy. And then Ross just picks up on him, like shouting at people and being rude to people in the coffee shop and things like that. Um, and then there's there's one scene at the end where they catch him shouting at Duck and Chick, and and the 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 lie is revealed, and he walks out. Who's Duck um, and Chick? Is that uh, one uh, person? Uh, is that one word? <laughs> Duck a, and lit- chick? a literal duck and chick. Have you not watched Friends? No, I've not watched Friends. <laughs> I mean, I have watched Friends because everyone's watched Friends. But what I mean is, I've watched Friends, but I've not watched Friends. Do you know it, what I mean? Um, they, they, um, Joey and Chandler have a duck and a chick as their pets right. for a while. Okay, and then they turn into a duck and a chicken, obviously, because that's how time works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, he appears in one episode of Friends. It's quite a famous one. If you weren't stuck watching Seinfeld like a like a fucking cuck, <laughs> like someone with taste, Seinfeld's, and a brain, finds Seinfeld's well boring, bruv. <laughs> There's literally no point in watching Seinfeld now that Always Sunny exists. They're two very different shows, but that's also a true statement that I can't argue with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a show about bad people being bad. You can watch the boring bad people, or you can watch the ones that eat too much cheese and try and drown each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. one's going to be more entertaining? I have a, a rum ham. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. What's um, more boring, Seinfeld or Along Came Polly? Would you rather watch oh, I'd one episode rather. of Seinfeld or Along Came Polly again? I'd, I'd, I'd much rather watch Seinfeld. I'd watch all of Seinfeld again before Along Came Polly. I don't, I don't dislike Seinfeld. I just, I just say it a bit because I know you like it and I know, yeah, yeah. I know it. Yeah, and I'm I'm being overly. It slowly yeah. kills your soul when I say I don't like Seinfeld. It does. It? Yeah, that gives me life. Eventually, um, I'll have no soul left. And I'll have all the soul. And then I'll play the greatest bass guitar solo of all time. You're going to have my soul on a piece of paper like Millhouse, and you're going to run some toy tanks over it and say, if the Ayatollah can't have it, no one can. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston can't have it, no one can. Um, I think that might still might be my favorite Simpsons episode. Oh, it's really? It's perfectly structured, isn't it? It is. It is extremely good. Um, I I love a few Simpsons episodes. The Camp Krusty episode is yeah. is one of my favourites. Um, I think I think that's really good. Um, the one where Ned Flanders, his house gets destroyed by the hurricane. Oh yeah, that's, that's an excellent one as well. He doesn't believe in insurance. He considers it a form of gambling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the one where they have to get the the lemon tree back from Shelbyville. I think that's like a, a near perfect episode of of television. It's yeah, oh, it's so good. Um, unlike Along Came Polly, unfortunately, which is, yes, which is just boring. There, there are lots of things from all the things we talked about that stick in my head, but nothing in this film is going to stay in my head tomorrow. I'll wake up not remembering anything that happened in this film. Probably, did, did you other than in, like I'll probably wake up and think, what was Philip Seymour Hoffman doing in that film? <laughs> did you not enjoy Missy Pyle acting like a baguette was a penis? Oh, yeah. She's just there to be like, hi, I'm your rude friend. I'm the rude friend, and I'm never going to appear again, which is a shame. I really like Missy Pyle. I think she's very funny. Yeah, what what um, would I know her from? I recognise uh, her. So, but... Galaxy Quest, Dodgeball. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, she she's very, very funny. Um, but course. again, under underutilised. And in this movie, it's like, you've got someone incredibly funny here. Why are you not using her more? Um, you know, if you've got someone like Missy Pyle on the in in the in the in in this production, make it funny. She could have had a really funny back and forth with um with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, for instance. Yeah, yeah. But they th- those two characters that could have caused un- unknown chaos. Just you, ne- we never get to witness it. Um, Philip Seymour, he- Hoff- Seymour Hoffman was a year away from winning the Oscar for Capote at this point. <laughs> and to be fair. I like him in this more than Capote. <laughs> Did you not like Capote? No, I, I do like Capote. I think it's very good, and I think he's a, he's a, he does a great performance in it. But I, he's the one spark of this movie which I appreciate. Just the chaos that he brings to this film. Um, I really there's very few scenes in this movie that made me laugh, but the scene where he's playing basketball and keeps missing. Mm. over and over again did get to me and that did make me laugh there's a Um, few nice moments with him because he he was a brilliant actor and seeing him in anything now i'm just like the sadness uh the fact that he died so young and the problems that he had yeah just it just fills me with so much sadness that when i see him on screen i'm always kind of filled with joy regardless of what film it is because i want to celebrate the great work that he did while he was alive um, so in this, I, I still did have a spark of joy at his character. That was potentially the one spark of joy in it, even though he was he was a kind of a terrible tropey, like rude best friend character. Yeah, he basically does um... rude best friend who gives bad sexual advice. That was a thing yeah. in two thousands rom coms, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, he he they, he's basically just a refined uh, the refined spirit version of Spike from Notting Hill. Oh, uh, yeah. V7's character is basically that but taken to the nth degree um, and you know I think I think it does it in a quite a funny way because a lot of those movies they sort of say about the the patheticness having a charm or the grossness having a charm and at least here it makes it very clear that no he's having a huge negative impact on everyone around him um, until he gets an emotional dad speech from Ben Stiller's dad yeah. and then sorts his <laughs> life out um and so yeah i i i yeah he he's the one thing in this movie that i think works you know there's a few people in this movie that normally pull out really strong performances yeah um i actually would watch the film of this character and his kind of like 
yeah, his struggle to come to terms with the fact that he was in one famous film and then couldn't ever recreate that and then has to have the emotional dad speech. That was actually an interesting plot. I would like that to be the film and not yeah, I'd, Jennifer Aniston has a ferret. That's funny, <laughs> isn't it? I'd love... I'd, yeah, he, he's, he, he develops that and becomes more of a... He, he has the reverse of a manic pixie dream girl moment in his life where yeah. he goes from being the free man to being someone who takes on responsibility and he's helped along the way by the incredibly crude missy pile yeah that that movie would be so good i would love to see that um and and yeah philip seymour hoffman i think the one thing you can always say about him is that regardless of the quality of the movie that he's in he always brings something to it it can be the worst film and he will add something to that film that makes it worth watching and that's exactly what he's done here yeah like the master which was a really pretentious annoying um paul thomas anderson film but in which his performance was like i was glued to the screen i i never watched it because it looked incredibly boring it is boring i've heard that he's very good he he's he he's a cult leader isn't he yeah yeah it's it's probably it's peak paul thomas anderson you know, everything that annoyed you about Punch Drunk Love is kind of magnified <laughs> ten times in The Master. Oh, I cannot wait to watch it. That sounds right up my street. Yeah. But Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance in it was electrifying. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard he's he's fantastic in it. Um and um and yeah, he, he's 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 great in this as this as this real pathetic character. Um and you know what, I think it's it's kind of worth watching it's it's kind of worth watching for that i guess is at least you know he's got that um that charisma in it to to carry it through the scenes that he's in it's just the same about showing about the rest of the movie being so insipid um because yeah you know like alec baldwin normally brings something to a movie you know we talk about his iconic performance in glengarry glen ross where he's there for like five minutes and and steals the, sh- the show and he says what's uh, my name fuck you that's my name Whereas, whereas here he's just there and he plays a sleazy boss, um, and and then gets forgotten about, yeah, and, and, and adds adds literally nothing to the film. Hank Azaria is great as a Frenchman. He talks about a hippo, um, and then you have got Deborah Messing, who's who's again completely wasted in a couple of scenes where she sleeps with Hank Azaria and then comes back for a bit, and it's like okay, well she she added she hadn't added nothing to this movie, um. And instead, you know, they're they're relying on Ben Stiller, who is a funny he's a funny man. He, but he this is movie's funny. this movie script is not funny. But he's also very good at playing boring men, isn't he? Yeah, like Zoolander, famous boring man. <laughs> Paddy here. I wouldn't usually do this because we don't really have adverts, but this is kind of a word from our sponsor, I guess. I just wanted to tell you and, you know, use this opportunity to promote something, which is that I am now making lo-fi music. You know, the kind of music that you listen to when you work or you study or you sleep or whatever. Um, So what you're hearing in the background now is a bit of a cover of a song from a, a video game that I did. Um, And I'll put the whole thing on the end of this show if you want to hear it. Um, And there's a link in the show notes to my profiles under the name Richter FM, which I now use to make lo-fi music. So please uh, check it out. Now, back to the show. (laughs) Have we done Zoolander? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about (laughs) Zoolander. It's been a long time since I watched it. I think it was slightly before Anchorman, wasn't it, Zoolander? Yeah, 2001. And I think it yeah. kind of laid the groundwork for some of the 2000s goof classics like Anchorman. But yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, I don't know if it's one of my faves. But again, I haven't seen it in a long time. No, and then you've got, you know, um, Royal Tenenbaums as well. Yeah, he's great, he's, isn't he's, he's got He's got some skill behind him. and Dodgeball, I think, is actually quite funny. Yeah. Do- Dodgeball is funny for the most part. It's got its bad moments, but it's it's got its it's got its funny bits. The Starsky and Hutch remake is extremely stupid, but it's still again, it's it's funny in places. It's got Snoop Dogg in um, it. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, again, he's one of those people where he's when he's used right, he can be incredibly funny, or he can actually have a have a bit more of an emotional weight behind him. We did an episode on Keeping the Faith, didn't we? Which is yeah, a film I really yeah. like, um, where which is a film with real depth and real heart, and I thought he was really fantastic in that. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to say it, even if no one else does, 
Cable Guy's a good movie. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you can cancel me all you like, internet. Um, Cable Guy is extremely fun and extremely dark at the same time. And Ben Stiller, obviously, you know, is, he directed it and everyone hated yeah. it. It's a good film. Sorry, guys. I haven't seen it <laughs> um, in forever. It's, uh, yeah, maybe we should watch that at some point. The love between, the platonic love between Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Is that is that enough for us to to, to of take? Of course, it, it is. It's our show. <laughs> we can do what we want. Yeah. Um, ben Stiller but, but, also plays. He's in the remake of the Heartbreak Kid, which I'm sure is absolutely terrible. That's about a kid who breaks hearts. Yeah. Like the Milky Bar Kid. He's a kid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, right. Um. But yeah, th- this movie though is 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 just a bit nowhere, isn't it? Yeah. And um, it's not good, Stiller. No, no. It feels like it feels like you know. There's something about Mary came out, and that's a movie we've not same year actually. No, no. So so there's something about Mary was about five six years earlier, I think. Um, but that came out, and it was crude, and it was horrible and silly. Um, and and it it caused a real stir. There's something about Mary. Um, and then you had all of these movies. Because uh, it was rude. And then you had all these movies that kind of emulated it, but toned it down a little bit to make it safer for audiences. And that's kind of where Along, Along Came Polly feels. It feels like a, there's something about Mary, but the sanitized version that came before there was a resurgence of genuinely clever movies that could also be risque at the same time. Yeah, and the, well, they, yeah, that's the thing as well. Like This is the same year as Eurotrip, which is a, a disgusting film, <laughs> whereas Along Came Polly is rated a 12. It's like... For what a bit of spanking and some poo jokes, it's like yeah, they make some poo jokes, but you never see any poo, obviously. Yeah, I should have gone, um, for, gone for it and just you know you see Ben Stiller's naked buttocks just pooing <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just it feels incredibly tame, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and it it wants to it 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 wants to sort of capitalize on that rudeness of having jokes about IBS and stuff like that. But it also, it but it doesn't go that far. It doesn't have the not, guts to actually go through with it, does it? No, and it's not smart enough, and it doesn't have enough heart to try and be a more like sanitized, relaxed movie for everybody. So it's like, who is this movie for? It's for no one. It, like you said, it's for people who turned up at the cinema and were like, "Well, there's nothing else to do today." Should we go see this? It's got Ben Stiller in it and Jennifer Aniston. There's nothing else to do today. We're still four years away from a devastating financial crash. Let's just go to the cinema and buy <laughs> Let, a massive just... bucket of popcorn and watch this trash. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and and this was this was Jennifer Aniston. I think this came out while she was still. They were just finishing Friends. I think. Right. I think it came out just as I think Friends ended in two thousand and four. Um, so this came right at the tail end Did it? of Friends. Because it feels like it never fucking ended. <laughs> um, and Sorry, ten Friends years, fans. Ten years Friends lasted. T- Friends is fine. People people hate on Friends or they love Friends. The truth is Friends is fine for a mainstream sitcom that ran for ten years. It's People hate on it too much. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 issues that Friends has, the structural issues that it has, you know, in terms of representation and everything, are the same for every every show from that era and you know you can rightfully criticize them for it but it is also a product of its time oh yeah and it was an is a nice tame comforting boring sitcom <laughs> that lasted for 10 years and then ended um and was immediately replaced by that awful one with um ted in what's it called scrubs no um the character name is ted how i met your mother oh yeah jeez. We we watched quite a lot of that and sort of liked it at the time for the first couple of seasons and then it just got really silly and just like dragged itself out for season after season after season and you're like, yep, this is boring now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But a good cast. Um, again, yeah, a good cast, a good cast. But, you know, that, that just did the Friends template at a time when Friends had already become stale. Yeah. Um, I said Scrubs because um, Ted is the name of the, the like sweaty lawyer man in Scrubs. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. Did you, um, did you is, watch Scrubs? I did watch Scrubs. Yeah, I watched it until it got bad. Yeah, um, and then stopped watching it. Who was um, played by Sam Lloyd, who died last year, and really was really oh, sad. Oh wow! Yeah. I think oh, he got COVID. Oh really? God, yeah. that's awful. 
Um, he was Christopher Lloyd's nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh no, he had um, he had a brain tumor. Yeah, really oh, sad. Okay. Oh, that is sad. Um, unlike Jennifer Aniston, who is great. And so to get us back on track from that sound yeah. moment, let's do a very awkward segue. <laughs> um, but but she, she'd started branching out into doing movies by this point. She did The Good Girl, she did Bruce Almighty, and then along came Polly, came along just at the tail end of Friends. And this was kind of then sort of pushing her into stardom. And, you know, she's had the most successful of the 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 post-Friends careers of everyone. Yeah. And this is she's synonymous with a lot of the, these kinds of rom coms, isn't she? As a result of doing having done quite a few of them at the time, but this isn't one of the better ones, unfortunately, is it? It's no, just kind of, no. Yeah, there. The, the, yeah, the majority of the the stuff that she did in that kind of post Friends era was romantic comedies. Um, Feels like you could have this could have been written by an algorithm if you typed in yeah mid two thousands Jennifer Aniston rom com poo ferret. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the film that yeah. comes out exactly exactly it's it's somehow marley and me has less poo in it and that's got a literal dog <laughs> that's got it's literally got um, owen wilson picking up a dog's poo in it and telling the dog he needs to lay off the mangoes <laughs> oh dear yeah um so so yeah it's yeah you know she, she's done a lot of romantic comedies um she's done some 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 really interesting stuff as well like obviously dumpling was a movie that we watched for the she podcast. was brilliant in that and she was fantastic in it and she's got some real talent but this is a movie that doesn't doesn't represent who she is as an actor no not at all um it's incredible i i i just can't believe how boring this film is that's the main thing isn't it it's just incredibly boring yeah it's just, it's flat it's boring it's like less than 90 minutes long and somehow it feels intolerably long yeah yeah um, and you just don't care about any of the characters no no and and you know you you get like i said before you know you get a little bit of a you get a little bit of a sign of of this character of polly being interesting and having this story but instead it it comes back to oh she's got daddy issues her dad had us another family so she ran away and went off and and can't commit to anything oh, yeah. like, no she, which is mentioned she, once but then you're expected to believe that that's like the cause of everything throughout the whole film yeah just just give her some bloody agency you know th- this is a character with so much potential give her some agency um you know it's not to say that this movie is is awful in every way like i said philip seymour hoffman's character is fun um there's a ferret and the ferret walks into things a lot and that's funny the ferret walks in on ben stiller on the toilet now there's a sentence i never thought that i'd say (laughs) um and and that you know what i like the fact that the ferret walked in on the toilet it's it's a moment of gross out humor that that kind of works a moment of gross out humor from a film that is too scared to actually gross you out (laughs) exactly exactly um and and so yeah it just kind of it 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 waddles along for a bit did you care about the rich man getting life insurance the the australian man (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes leyland leyland van liu yeah um played by brian brown the rich australian man who like all australians loves extreme extreme sports and calls you sport (laughs) exactly exactly um actually the the moment where philip seymour hoffman has to do has to go and be ben stiller in the boardroom and he like does a great acting performance about it that was actually a nice moment yes yeah no that was a good moment and like i said his character development in this movie is the most interesting part of the film um i'd I'd much rather have had a movie about washed up child star wants to is 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 struggling along in life pretending that he's still famous and still good then tries to better himself to to do something yeah but instead the film focuses on Ben Stiller can't dance and now he gets lessons from the dancing man at the club and now he can dance and he's going to do a funny dance. He, oh, watch out. He might knock over comedy. something. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's truly awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he uh, And the, the movies like this, the opposites of trap thing, they always rely on the two characters kind of meeting in the middle and, and learning that they've helped each other. But you don't really get that sense here, do you? Not at all. No, <laughs> it's all about him not becoming a nerd. Yeah, him, him no longer getting so becoming not a nerd. Yes, um, you, you, 
what what does what does he bring to to Polly's life? A key finder? Yeah. <laughs> Nearly dying in a thing. boat. It's supposed <laughs> to be about. like yeah. Like oh, she can see his point of view because he, she uses the little electric key finder that he got because she can't find her keys. That's literally that. That's supposed to be like her big character development thing is she couldn't find her keys and now she can find them. Now she can find her keys, Paddy. <laughs> she can find. I don't her believe keys. it. I've never seen that before in a film <laughs> because it's too um, boring. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It sounds like the plot of some mumblecore film, doesn't it? Finding the keys. The, the key finder. The key finder. Yeah. Oh, no, the key finder sounds, sounds like something out of, um, like, a fantasy movie, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that sounds like a mid-90s like live-action mixed with cartoon film, doesn't it? Like the page mask. Yeah, yeah. Exactly like that. That is a weird film. That is a weird movie. I love that era of films, though. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, Pete's Dragon. Cool, cool world as well. Do you remember Cool World? Do you ever see Cool World? No, I've never heard of that. What's that? So, Cool World was one for adults. Um, it was a Ralph Bashke animated thing, and it had Kim Basinger and Gabriel Byrne and uh, young Brad Pitt. Cool and basically, um, I've never Ga- seen this. This is Gabriel mad. Gabriel Byrne is a um, cartoonist who. Um, who has created this place called Cool World? He's drawn it all, um, and um, and then gets sucked into the world. And then Hollywood is the name of the character played by King Basinger, and she wants to try and get out of of Cool World and into the real world. It's a very strange, very unique movie. It's, it's not even like the other spliced animated yeah. live action movies of the time it's different from those even it's yeah it's it's a cool one Ooh, 14 million against a budget of 28 million ouch yeah it did not do it did not do well. i'm interested in this but like with is, these it, kind of films i think i either love them or hate them like the page master love it space jam i absolutely loathe as we've discussed <laughs> before <laughs> Did you see Space Jam 2? No, no, I didn't. Because we, we thought, well, well, let's. this is a film that we might have watched when we were kids. And then we tr- we watched the first one and it was it was unwatchable. It was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's a truly awful film. We need to do it? a Sorry. Space Jam special. Don't we? Is there any romance in Space Jam? Yeah, there's Love Lola between... Bunny. There's Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny. Love between Michael thing. Jordan and a basketball. Yeah. In the um, second one, there's like love between... Um, LeBron James and his fake sons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I hear that people did not like the new Space Jam. Yeah, apparently it's terrible. Um, but as someone who didn't like the original, that doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, I, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit is is a masterpiece. Um, Page Master is a cool is cool. I like the pirate bit, yeah. and I like the 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 Frankenstein book um that's all that's all great and yeah cool world is a is a very weird movie you're never gonna see anything quite like it i think there's a direct line from having watched the page master as a child to eventually studying literature and then meeting you on the same literature course so i think we have the page master to thank for this podcast <laughs> there we go that's that's yeah thank you page master thank you macaulay um, culkin <laughs> thank you macaulay culkin we love you macaulay culkin yeah um but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great it's a great movie page. I can't remember the last time I watched it. I don't think it's I've very, seen it since. So really cool. No I have fond no. memories of it. Um, and yeah, um, we sh- we should watch Cool World at some point. Yeah, we really should. We sh- we should do a we could do a an animated to real life special month and do Page Master Cool World. That's actually a good idea. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Space Jam? That that's actually a really good idea. We should do we should do that sometime. That would be good. Are there enough weeks um, in February or, or March? Animated March, Animarch, 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 Animarch of the Penguins. <laughs> that sounds a bit like Animorphs, doesn't it? You ever used to read those books? <laughs> yeah, Animorphs were dope. I man. loved those books. They were so great. Cool. I wish I was an Animorph. Yeah, what would you turn into? What animal? A uh, Komodo dragon. Ah, that's pretty cool. No, no one fucks with a Komodo dragon. No, not even other Komodo dragons. <laughs> the most livid animal in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. I love a Komodo dragon. Obviously, I wouldn't. If I could befriend any animal, if I could have an affinity with any animal, having a like little Komodo dragon friend would also be great. Yeah, yeah. 
You do, that's the kind of animal you want on your side. Yeah, exactly. Who's gonna Who's gonna mess with you if you're like, oh, sorry, 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 I'm late. I had to take my Komodo dragon for a walk. Here he is. Here's Bernard. Here's <laughs> Bernard the Komodo dragon. People aren't gonna get mad at you, are they? Bernard the Komodo dragon. That's the film they should have made instead of Beethoven. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Um. <laughs> Anyway, right. This has nothing to do with a long game. No, it doesn't. You didn't ask me what animal I'd morph into. Oh, yes. What animal would you morph into? A moose with massive antlers. A moose would be good. A moose is... I think a fight between a moose and a Komodo dragon would be interesting. I would would watch that. The moose has the... I wouldn't because it would involve animals dying. (laughs) That would be quite horrible. I would watch that only if it wasn't real. If, yeah, I would if, watch if, that in a, a like mixed, a hybrid, real life, and a hybrid live action animated film in which a moose fights a komodo dragon. I would watch that. It. Would <laughs> that would be great? Because um, because obviously the moose has the strength on its side and the weight and the antlers, but komodo dragons have have bacteria infested spit and they're furious will, and they're furious. So I don't know. I think it would be an interesting one. But I don't know if a Komodo dragon would take on a moose. I think it might realise this is an absolute unit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going anywhere near that. They're furious, but also sensible. Yeah, yeah. Because, 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 what is is moose the plural of moose? It is. Yes. No, it's meeses. Not meese. Cheeses for us meeses. No cheeses for us meeses. Because <laughs> um, they're massive, aren't they? They're like the size of trucks. They are enormous. Have you ever seen one? I've never seen one in real life, but I've seen pictures of them and, and, and video and everything we obviously. saw one by the side of the road in canada and it was like the size of the bus that we yeah, were on yeah 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 they they're like they could easily just like they're, they're, they're at least even the even the sort of smaller ones are like the size of a four by four aren't they yeah they could quite it was beautiful quite happily, it was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen they, they could quite happily fuck up a car yeah but they're they're also cool dudes i imagine a moose is a cool dude that's the thing they're generally very chill you don't want to get on the wrong side of a moose but mostly they're actually incredibly relaxed yeah they just want to hang out hang out and do their thing yeah sit in a field in the snow moose time moose time exactly um (laughs) okay right anyway (laughs) well that's um, that's march planned then (laughs) that's march that's march planned um but yeah along came polly anything else you want to say about this um boring there movie. isn't loads to say really is there philip seymour hoffman although i said i liked the scene when he did his acting thing for the insurance man he also did lots of horrible coughing in it for no reason and i hated that <laughs> yes, I really yeah. hate other people coughing <laughs> um yeah I, I I thought it was yeah I I I thought some of his scenes were a bit more hit and miss than others. Um, I think the whole thing about spank the woman was just felt really out of place, and it's like this is two thousand four. There's always some people, nice misogyny in the comedies from this era, isn't there? People are aware that some people spank other people in in sex by the year two thousand and four. I don't know why Ben Stiller was so affronted by this suggestion. It felt very weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then ben, ben using Stillen. that ben as, a, as a plot point is just like... Yeah, and then going, on. oh, you spanked me. Oh, sorry, I, I had a notch in my wrist or something. And then it immediately gets yeah, forgotten about. It's like, that's the, the most boring... Yeah. It's <laughs> the most boring attempt at causing friction I've ever seen That's the ultimate movie. problem with this film. It want, it's trying to convince you that that's funny, and it's really not. No, no, exactly. It's just, oh, it's, it's incredibly boring. Um, and it's incredibly not funny. Who who finds this funny? No. Well, obviously Danny DeVito because he produced it. Did you did you notice oh, that on the credits? Daniel, 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 Daniel. I'm very disappointed in you, Daniel. That that's that's disappointing. <laughs> what are you doing, Danny? Honestly. Yeah. He's got some interesting producer credits, hasn't he? But this is not among them. No, no. Um. So yeah, I've I've got a little bit of, of trivia for you. Um, so Jennifer Aniston was shooting Friends, Bruce Almighty, and Along Came Polly at the same time. Blimey! I think we know which one of those was the reject of the pile in terms of her performances. Um, <laughs> um which yeah, which is which is not great. Um, the ferret bit Ben Stiller during the production <laughs> of, of this movie. Of course it did. It's a ferret. Ferrets bite everyone, don't they? 
Um, we saw a guy walking ferrets. a ferret the other day. On the oh, street. did you? What yeah, people that? do that, don't they? They walk their ferrets. Yeah, yeah. We we sort of were trying not to look, but we couldn't couldn't stop. I think it I was I think it was on the high street in Watford. Hang on. Um, that's impressive. Where did we see a guy walking a ferret? Um, Jersey Shore. No, no. Recently, it was in the it was in the holidays. We saw a guy walking a ferret. Where was it? Was it in Watford? Yeah, it was. By the KFC. <laughs> By the KFC. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's incredible. <laughs> I one day I wish to take a ferret to KFC. What yeah. Can I say. Um, I hope that ferret got the whole bucket, ate all the chicken, and then got in the bucket. I hope so as well. What a life! What a life to be a ferret in a KFC. Um, five actors <laughs> in this film appeared in. Uh, in Friends, aside from Jennifer Aniston, so Ben yeah. Stiller, of course, was 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 a grumpy a grumpy shouty man. Hank Azaria is in it. He's a long term love interest of Phoebe, right? Um, for a while, um, Alec Baldwin also is yeah. in an episode as a as someone who Phoebe dates. Um, and then um, there's two women in the scene where we first meet Jennifer Aniston in in this movie who apparently played. Um, had minor roles so one of them played ross's date and one of them appeared as woman two in in an episode about rachel's sister so how about that there you go a friend's loving if you like friends you'll at least get five moments of going oh that person's from friends out of this movie where do i know that person from oh yeah that's the most exactly. pleasure you can take from this film, probably. And and did you notice Kevin Hart? I did as the cameraman. Yeah, as the cameraman. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So that's a little that's a little highlights of of trivia. Trivia about as interesting as the movie. Yeah, for sure, and not quite as um, long. <laughs> not quite as long. Um. But yeah. So uh. Yeah. So how are we going to rate this bad boy then? Uh. Let's see. How many pints of sweat are coming out of you after eating ethnic food? On a date. I, I still think the use of it as ethnic food. Like, is that something that people say? I think that's a thing that people used to say, maybe. But, did, did, but people I, genuinely used to just say if it wasn't if it wasn't an, a white person food, it just all came under ethnic food. Yeah, I think that's like an old racist thing that people used to say. I don't think that, that's, that's a thing that people amazing. say now. Jesus. Um, that 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 is horrific. Anyway, yeah. So, how many pints of sweat come off you, Ben Stiller? Um, let's see, four pints out of a possible twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm going with five pints. I'm a slightly more sweaty man, but not enough sweat. You got a little, to, little to bit movie. dripping off your so, brow. Yeah, yeah, not enough yeah. to get this movie a, a good rating. This movie got a six out of ten on IMDb. Can I just say that seems very high? A hundred and thirty-three thousand people. This was back at the peak of IMDb. Most people giving it a six out of ten. Because um, yeah, this, it's not objectionable, is it? It's just boring. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just an incredibly boring film. It's the kind of film that gives romantic comedies a bad name, isn't it? Because people are like, oh, I don't want to watch that boring stuff. Yeah, it's it's just kind of tame, isn't it? That's the problem. Is there's nothing here that 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 piques the interest? Yeah. So yeah. It's a funny old thing. But we were um, talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman. And did you know that his son is in a new film um, which has just come out, which is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson? Oh, really? Called Licorice Pizza. Oh. Have you heard of this? Oh, I have heard of Licorice Pizza. And it's got one yeah. of the women from Heim. Is, I, I confess I don't know which one. Is, um, in the, they're like the two romantic leads. But yeah, the main guy is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Oh, right, okay. So I think I we should watch that. this. I think it's in the cinema right now, and it's not safe to go to the cinema right now. No, so, no. Um, but when when things get less uh, less dangerous, it would be quite nice to, to, to watch this movie. Yeah, and when it comes to streaming, I mean, yeah, we I am not sure about Paul Thomas Anderson. We've talked about him a lot. There's a lot of stuff about his work that I find extremely irritating, but this one seems to be going down very well. So I think it looks very good and very interesting and something we should watch. Excellent. I see it's got Tom Waits in it, yeah, which is a, a highlight. That's, that's guaranteed that's to improve any films. I do love Tom Waits, so yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, we should watch this at some point. Yeah, it looks interesting. But we can't watch it now. So I'm going to give you some choices for the next ones by actor. I'll give you some actors Ooh. and then you can choose. So I'll give you... There are five, five choices because I, I really didn't know what to pick. So I, I thought, yeah, we'll go, give you a broad spectrum. So we've got Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. Sean William Scott, Rob mm-hmm. Schneider, Okay. And a dog. <laughs> and a dog. You're not giving me the dog's name. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just a dog. It could, could be literally could any, be any dog. dog. I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm going with Country Mac all the way. I'm going with Sean William Scott. Thank you very all much. All right. Well, that's. I think that's, that's good because it is finally time. I can't believe we've not done this film before. It's time for American Pie. Oh, wow. We haven't okay, done American brilliant. Pie, have we? No, we, we have not. We have not. We've got the point where, you know, we, we're over 200 episodes in. I'm I'm a very, very tired, soon-to-be father of two. I can't remember what, what, I can't remember what we've done, but I'm 99% certain we haven't done American Pie. And we're watching the first one, not any of the subsequent eight movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you want to try and do some kind of special, or shall we just do the first one? Because it's kind of a standalone. Mm. It is. It works on its own, doesn't it? Even though there yeah, is let's, a kind of franchise thing. Let's just do American Pie, and then we can come back to the others. Yeah. Um, Band Camp, yeah, we, The Retreat, or whatever the stupid we, yeah. TV spin-offs are. We, yeah, we can come back to the others at a later point, can't we? Yeah. Cool. Do you want to know uh, what the dog was? Yeah, go on then. Beethoven, obviously. Oh man, I missed out on Beethoven. But there's no way to thinking... there was no way to say that to kind of say it without giving it away. Well, what was the name of the dog that played Beethoven? I don't know. You don't know? I thought you were the world's expert on. I know Beethoven I'm the, the world's Beethoven. leading expert on Beethoven. I think what that tells you is that nobody knows because it's not in the credits. <laughs> is it I'm not sure mentioned? It is. I'm sure is it? it is. Okay, I'm looking yeah, at Beethoven. Beethoven. Ludwig who, van Beethoven. No, not you. Who who played Beethoven the dog? I know that it was the same dog for the first and the second film, and then the dog died. Yeah, well, he'd, he'd been in the two. <laughs> okay, the dog's name was Chris, from the looks of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's boring. It's a boring Chris. name. In Beethoven and then Beethoven second is uncredited. They didn't even credit Chris. Oh, so I was right. It wasn't in the credits. Yeah. Oh, it's in the credits for the first one, but not for second, apparently. Okay. Chris the dog. You could, yeah, if you'd said Chris the dog, I would have felt happy enough. Chris the dog. Um, God bless you, Chris the dog. (laughs) He's in heaven with Charles Grodin now. They're living it up. Yeah, he, he's he's knocking over garden tables and chewing on the newspaper, etc. Up in heaven. Um, cool. Okay, so yeah, American Pie. That's a good choice. I think I think that's a good choice. Again, getting back to uh, back to our roots from si- similar kind of era to um, Along Came Polly. It's earlier though, actually, isn't it? It's pre. Yeah, it's about to these. It was of... it was late nineties, wasn't it? You're right. I think I it's ninety nine. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm right. excited for that. I think we I think we're getting off to a good start this year. Awesome. Very excited. All right. Well, there's um thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Um don't watch Along Came Polly. There's much better stuff on Netflix. Go and watch American Pie instead in preparation for next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go and go and watch American Pie. <laughs> yeah. Um there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And we will be back next week to talk about American Pie. All right. Cannot wait. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.